time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jaja, call me. My main man. Quickly. Before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey! This is escape? Then where the pot? It's a Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and we have Blake, our co-host, returning to the show to chat all about The Bad Batch, Season 1, Episode 10. It's called Common Ground, launched July 2nd this year, 2021. And uh, we're going to be getting into all that business right there, as well as some conversation regarding uh, general Star Wars stuff later on, High Republic related. We got a whole new wave of High Republic content that just dropped on the shelf recently, so we're going to be chatting about that, as well as some uh, Darth Vader chat, Anakin Skywalker, uh, a bunch of other stuff. Stay tuned to the end. Always great to have you back. Let's get into it. Another happy landing. Welcome back, Blake. Hey, good to be here. You look like you've uh, heard the timing for this a hundred times already. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I think as of uh, as of this episode, actually, I have heard it over 136 times. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, you have to keep a record of that i know we, we did a 100th anniversary special so a few more we'll hit number 200 i think 150th yeah we did 150th anniversary we also did a 100th anniversary so wait sorry we did a 50th anniversary i believe and we did a 100th anniversary so we'll do a 150th anniversary when that comes around which isn't going to be too far off is it anniversary or should we say episode <laughs> It's it's a it's an episode, but it's it's a celebration episode. You know, it's um it's it's not as celebratory as the 100th anniversary or 100, I guess, episodes released. But uh, you know, we'll do something. We'll do something. Maybe another yeah. trivia or something like that. That was that was pretty fun. We pretty good. We could do a, a live stream commentary watching the entire season of Bad Batch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, get ready, guys, for a, I don't know, what is that? A, twelve a, hours or something? Twelve-hour twelve special? Yeah, yeah, it won't be that bad. It'll probably be like four hours, but still, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a good thing there's a podcast, not a YouTube show. People would be seeing us with rings under our eyes, you know? Oh my just, gosh, yeah, just watching Star Wars on end. But hey, <laughs> that was our lives before the podcast, and that'll be our lives after the podcast. <laughs> You know, I was, I was, uh, it's funny. Cause like before, before, we, before we do this, you know, I, I've got to mentally prepare myself to talk for 45 minutes or whatever. And if I've had a, a blown out day where I'm just, you know, I've got no energy, I got to pump myself up with some snacks, get my coffee going, all that stuff. I mean, I mean, I'm eating gobstoppers right now to get my sugar <laughs> intake. So Is that I your mean, dinner, <laughs> I had pizza for dinner. <laughs> what a healthy lifestyle. I oh, live man. Right now, but. <laughs> It's it's all for the energy and 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 then that way we can do this thing and I'm not half asleep at the mic so you know it works out but Fair it's enough. funny I, I I I saw this uh, do you know Unbox Therapy YouTube channel uh, I know several unboxing channels but 
Okay. I don't know if one of them was this one. <laughs> Fellow Canadian guy, his name is Lou. Lou, Lou later or Lou from Unbox Therapy. And uh, anyway, he's, he's a funny guy. But he, I was watching one of his reviews for a projector I'm looking at. And uh, he was saying something on, at the beginning of the video where he's like, yeah, I was, I was watching a movie with my kids the other day, School of Rock. <laughs> and, and I swear, Jack Black in that movie at any given time is channeling all the energy in the universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legit. That guy has crazy energy, especially back in the day. It's unbelievable, man. Like yeah, he's like you a were, supercharged Duracell battery. Oh man, you should watch him. Like he did that for years. That was like his his shtick, right? Oh so yeah. He, back when he did like the original Tenacious D television series for HBO, like that was his acting debut, right? And that was that's all it was was just him high energy, just screaming the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Jack Black in Star Wars. <laughs> Do we though? What would he play? <laughs> he would play this like off the hook, like cantina owner, kind of like Dex. Okay. But it would be it would be called Blacks. I could see that. Jay Blacks. What if he played uh, the lead singer slash guitarist of a rock band in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> that'd be pretty good too, <laughs> right? I think I feel like that'd be super fitting. JB and the crew. <laughs> <laughs> Tanakh. <laughs> So First good. half of Tenacious D. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. So uh, we, we just watched this Bad Batch episode. And uh, this is the one where the Bad Batch crew goes to Raxus, pulls a job for Sid, trying to uh, rescue and liberate the the separatist senator from, from Raxus and uh, get him off world. Uh, because that's his escape plan. He gets his droid to call Sid and hire a crew to do the job and everything like that. That's the episode. Um, very interesting episode because this is the first one that we've kind of seen where Omega just gets left behind. Yeah, that, that stood out to me too. Yeah, like- I, I pointed this out to you early on. I was like, I'm actually, kind. it's kind of nice. It's refreshing yeah. and new to see this because in every other Star Wars show we've seen so far... The kid is always just pulled right into this action, right? This, yeah. this, this, you know, ugly warfare, right? Yeah, and it's always the same story where it's like, kid seems helpless, and then the kid does something like you wouldn't expect, and everyone's impressed, and that helps them get away. Yeah, and they yeah, just exactly do that this, over and over again. And this time around, it was just the same story, except uh, she was able to do that from her end instead yeah. of going on the mission. So, uh, but yeah, regardless, I, I I thought it was nice that it was like, oh, hey, they're acknowledging the fact that she's actually a kid. And, and you know, unlike Rebels, where, where Ezra is like just some street rat kid and they're like, hey, let's just go kill some stormtroopers and break some Jedi out of jail and like, you know, steal some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> right? I guess like, just, well, I feel like they kind of, put that under the you know the umbrella of he's a jedi so it's yeah you can get away with it yeah he's a jedi so it's it's fine yeah it's not like some average kid <laughs> yeah no yeah. even though like pretty well untrained yeah. but a lot of it i think is laid at the uh the foot of the fact that this is supposed to be a kid show yeah so they yeah. want the kid to be there to you know right re- represent yeah. the kid audience Right, right, exactly. But I mean, I know it, from a logical standpoint, it doesn't make the most amount of sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, it seems to be a common, I guess, complaint online right now is that 
the Bad Batch does more or less have the same trope as Mandalorian. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was a Disney thing saying, hey, this worked. We made money. Let's do it again. Yeah, the formula. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully yeah. that doesn't take root too much. I'd like to see them you know, do new stuff. Because like, the main thing to me that, that is the difference between the Mandalorian with Baby Yoda versus this with Omega is Baby Yoda is an infant. So he... He he's really powerful, but he can't really do stuff on his own, right? Right. Like he he manages to like solve problems that he's put in front of. Yeah. Whereas this like Omega is old enough that she can actually go out and do her own adventures. Yeah, yeah. I think with with Grogu and and Omega both, they seem to be the key for getting kind of the the focus characters out of a out of a hard place kind of thing just in the nick of time with whatever that they got up their sleeve and it's always this unexpected thing right so i mean i am thinking of grogu moments where he's like stopping the flamethrower with the force and stopping the uh, the mud horn with the force and you know that kind that kind of stuff and omega here pulling out the the uh the queen's gambit skills going on i mean I, i feel like i feel like brad brad the the director of the show just went up to dave one day after watching queen's gambit it was like hey dave we need that in our show. And then Dave's like, <laughs> what you, you know what, Brad? Just put it in. Just put it in. Queen's Gambit. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. It worked out, though. She managed to pay off their debts. Yeah, it worked out. It worked out. And by the way, if anyone hasn't seen Queen's Gambit, it's, it's an excellent show. Watch it on Netflix. It's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's um, you know, uh, it, it was interesting seeing Raxus again. We, we, we've seen Raxus... Uh, very very few times in uh, in Star Wars so far, Raxus is the capital of the Separatist Alliance. Uh, at least when there was one. Now, of course, that's all gone. Uh, similar <laughs> Dude, to Coruscant. <laughs> not to interject, but do you find it funny that the Separatists their their core world is a rename of a junk planet? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I I'm not entirely sure what that's all about maybe raxus prime is just like in the same system or whatever but maybe it's a moon in yeah raxus? It, maybe in the raxus system i, I yeah. have no idea i have no idea honestly i i have the star wars atlas on my shelf in the other room i'm not gonna go and get it but yeah it's it's got a similar name to it is raxus um, prime still canon that's my oh, question. yeah i i believe so um <laughs> I, I believe raxus prime is still canon and uh i can actually look that up right now uh it does have a canon page and showed up in the star wars galactic atlas which is like a newer kind of picture book atlas for kids uh it was also in the visual encyclopedia and in the rebels files which is like a uh, kind of like the book of sith or the the book of the jedi that i got behind me on the shelves and and uh, but the rebel files is like one for the rebellion I think there's and, also uh, a rumor that that's where Darth Maul was and he was when he was insane. Yeah. So in Legends, it's got like a lot more stuff to it. In fact, uh, Raxus Prime was one of the primary locations. I think it was in the Force Unleashed uh, when you're yeah, playing as. Yeah. So so that's where you fight um, that that weird spider leggy kind of yeah. uh, Jedi guy. Uh, He's uh, one of the Jedi masters in the council. Yeah, I'm totally blanking on his name now, but um, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So, um, uh, Kasdan Paratus, that's his name, Kasdan oh, yeah. Paratus. 
So Raxus has the same name. I don't know if it's in the same system or not, but it's unlike Raxus Prime, which is a junk world. Raxus is like this lush world full of it's basically like Earth, but um, I don't know. It's got these nice trees, got a lot of water. Yeah, uh, it, it's got continents. It's uh, yeah, it's it's like a an earthy looking environment. It looked very Onderon like to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, and speaking of Onderon, we have seen Raxus before. Uh, when uh, it was in a, an episode called Heroes on Both Sides with uh, Ahsoka. It's the first time she meets her friend Lux Bonteri. And uh, Lux Bonteri's mother, Mina Bonteri, met up with Padme on this planet to discuss a peace treaty between the Republic and the Separatist Alliance. And uh, Dooku had uh, some assassins kind of foil that whole plan or whatever. There was, there was something up with that. Um, but... Eventually, Mina Bonteri dies later on in the show, uh, but we did see Raxus uh, in in that um, uh, in that episode. Uh, it was also mentioned in Rogue One, the Catalyst novel, and uh, it also showed up in the Dark Disciple novel with Quinlan Vos and Asajj Ventress, the unproduced Clone Wars episodes. Interesting. And it's been uh, it's been mentioned a few times through some other novels in in the star wars canon so uh so we have visited raxis before but this was kind of like the first time we see a lot of the focus in on like that whole senatorial area and mina bonteri wasn't the senator for that planet she's actually the senator for onderon mm-hmm. but because at the time that was the separatist capital similar to coruscant is to the republic that's where padme met her so we've never met the actual senator of raxis before uh, we've only ever seen Count Dooku leading his speeches in the, the Grand Hall there in, in one of the Clone Wars episodes. Uh, but um, that was that was pretty much the extent of, of what we saw from the, the political side of things. So it was I cool really, to see a new part of the planet. I really liked his, his monocle. Yeah. I thought that yeah. was cool. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, we haven't seen uh, a character that's looked like this before. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it was kind of like Mr. Monopoly if he's from like Andron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was fun. It was fun looking. Uh, and, you know, for for a post Revenge of the Sith kind of era, I mean, this guy does not seem like an enemy at all. Right. No. And That's and he's point, a separatist. Right? Yeah. And he's a separatist senator. And, and you know, it just it's kind of the point, I guess, that they're trying to make. It's like the war is over. And the real enemy is now the Empire and anyone who is just a senator or a person or whatever from both sides. There are now the heroes of each of those sides if they're not part of the Empire. Right. Yeah, that's exactly uh, it. It's like they're now going into a new war directly at the heels of the old war. So really the 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 lines of of battle have been redrawn. Right. So suddenly the previous alliances aren't they're no longer accurate everything needs to be like reconfigured yeah yeah and and it's funny because i noticed that he didn't even react at all when he heard that the clones voices the bad batch right when they came to rescue him there was no like question about the fact that they were clones and i it, it had me a bit curious for a second i was like why like i mean i i thought maybe he would just get his droid to call Sid for help and that Sid would hire some random crew of whoever, right? I'm assuming that he didn't expect the Bad Batch to show up because he probably never knew that they were a thing. 
<laughs> but there they are. And he didn't at all second guess the fact like, should I go with these clone troopers? <laughs> yeah. Is this a trap? <laughs> yeah. Is this a trap? Like, is this a joke? I mean, like, what the heck is going on here? They're, they're clones like the ones that put me in this this captive chair. So I thought that was a little weird. That's a good point. You think he would second guess it a little bit, not just go along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. That's a very good point because, like, for all he knows, they could be like, it could be an inside job. And it could be, hey, we're here to rescue you. And they go around the corner and they just execute him. Right, right. Yeah. Anything like that. Right. And uh, anyway, so I'm just curious, what, what kind of things did you notice through, through this episode? I was really taken aback at how quickly the Empire has, like, put out uniforms and got civilians in power. It's like yeah. we didn't because before this, of like the the imperial officer, the lady at the beginning there, that would have been a clone. Uh, yeah, in in some cases, um, most cases, like there there were civilians, but not right. they weren't very common. Right, right, like people like Tarkin and and stuff were in a, a bit of a uh, well, Tarkin, Yularen. Yeah, those are the only two I could think of. Yeah, there weren't like a whole lot of of civilian uh, volunteers. Yeah, I guess in the in the military. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of more or less the point I'm getting at is they've already got new uh, like citizens who have like like signed up to join the empire, and they're already in positions above most clone troopers and giving out orders, and they've already got the brand new uniform. That is exactly the same as what we get in like A New Hope. Right. So that's very quick. And that said, I do know there is the scene right at the end of Revenge of the Sith where they have the new uniforms and everything. Hmm. So I get that they do have the excuse to do that, but it still seems like way too fast. (laughs) I'm I'm very curious about this whole uniform thing, whether or not we're going to have Stormtrooper costumes be... Uh, starting to be dealt out by the end of the season, you know, because because they've made it very clear in this first season so far that it's been quite a few months since since the first episode in, in the in the story, right? Like right. like time proceeds quite fast between these episodes that that we see. They're not you know day after day after day. They're they're weeks apart in 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 universe, right? So uh, I'm curious to see whether or not this season ends approximately a year later. And uh, and we get these stormtrooper outfits being being dealt out and and this and that because this show really is going to be the canon stamp like stamp of time as to when the stormtroopers get their actual costumes you know. No, that's true. I kind of hope it's season two just because I'm I'm really enjoying the the twist of like we talked about in the last podcast of having the clone troopers go from heroes to villains so quickly because the moment they have stormtrooper armor they're just going to feel like any other stormtrooper yeah yeah exactly and and then it'll be hard to defer the clone stormtroopers from the incompetent regular people stormtroopers (laughs) yeah that too (laughs) yeah um but here's another thing is the clone Wars season finale gave us a flash forward effect of what happens down the road with Vader finding uh, Ahsoka's lightsaber on whatever planet they crash on and uh, he picks it up out of the snow. And uh, those were 
were stormtroopers. Those were uh, snowtroopers, stormtroopers, you know, the, of the classic era. And it's it's not really determined how far that is. You know, it's obviously before Rebels, and I would assume that's probably sometime after the Vader Dark Lord of the Sith comic series. But uh, if I were to if I were to pinpoint kind of roughly where it is, I would probably place it like maybe around uh, uh, before the events of Jedi Fallen Order, the campaign. Okay. Uh, that's kind of where I would pin it, which is maybe four years, four and a half years after Revenge of the Sith. So, uh, you know, assuming that that's kind of how far they're willing to flash forward, that's also how far forward they flashed with Rebels as well. So when Rebels had their finale, they had that flash forward scene as well. So quick spoiler, if anyone hasn't watched Rebels, they did a flash forward scene to post Return of the Jedi where Ahsoka shows up collects Sabine and they go off to find Ezra and and Thrawn right and that was also four and a half ish years later because the original trilogy spans a length of about four years in time there's like three years between four and five and then one year between five and six so that's like roughly four years and Rebels ends about a year before episode four a couple months before because we also got Rogue One tucked in there as well so you know, roughly four and a half years, close to five. Uh, that was their flash forward. And then when Clone Wars did theirs, I was I was like, oh, maybe this also kind of has the same mm -hmm. time frame. So whatever they do with with Bad Batch, I'm wondering, like, if this is a one season show, which I highly doubt it will be. I'm pretty sure there's going to be an ongoing thing. But, you know, whenever they finish off this show, I'm curious to see what they do to also kind of. What are they going to flash forward to? Are they going to flash forward to something Rebels related or like what are they going to do? Right. Because a lot question. of the time they're always setting up something. But well, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Resistance didn't have a flash forward. Mm. Resistance was a very different show. <laughs> True. But I'm saying yeah. they also have the like the the option to not do one. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 Rebels um, or sorry. Resistance is very uh, uh, because it was a it was a visually it was a very different show. It was targeted at a very different audience and it was also just handled very differently in terms of the storytelling. And uh, it didn't feel like anything that Rebels and Clone Wars did, whereas Rebels, as much as it was its own unique experience of a show, it did pull ties from Clone Wars quite a bit. So uh, I'm not and, surprised that they didn't do it, but yeah, I'm also thinking like in that film, what would like that show, what would they have flashed forward to? And, yeah. And yeah, the, I'm kind of wondering that myself. Yeah. I don't think there'd be some crazy reveal. It, it, like it would yeah. be maybe the main character, like joining the resistance formally or like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like being an actual proper X-Wing pilot for the resistance. But I, I don't, I wouldn't see like a story reveal. Yeah, yeah, who knows? I mean, maybe I'm just getting ahead of myself here trying to think of how this show's going to end with uh, how many episodes we've got left? Six? Four? Six? I think it's somewhere We're, around there. Yeah. Depends but, how um, many, what the total is, I guess. Yeah. I thought it was but, 12, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> I, I believe it's, uh, I believe the whole first season is going to be, um, let me let me find out here, 16 episodes. That's, okay. how, that's how much it's going to be. Yeah, so... 
the next one is going to be called Devil's Deal. And the one after is going to be called Rescue on Ryloth. Interesting, interesting. Uh, the one after that is called Infested. And then episode 14 will be called War Mantle. And we have no titles for the last two so far. But that's the next four titles set up. Hmm. Um, I'm just like, I'm, I'm very curious to see where they want to go with the show. Because, you know, with Clone Wars, it was, they have a goal. They have this goal of telling a narrative between episodes two and three, filling in this so, so-called so Clone Wars event that happened through the galaxy, right? So there was no necessarily like plot, but the plot also involved the plot that the prequels had built up anyway. So it was a very safe show, right? Like they were, they were constructing the show amongst this grand plan and this war that was going on at the time. Lots of stuff going on, right? With Rebels, it was like, oh, let's set up the rebellion. Like, let's tell the story of the origins of the, the Rebel Alliance and stuff like that. It's just like this show, as as nice as it is to get a Clone Wars sequel and everything, I just don't know what it's doing, right? Like, as That's like fair. so far in the show, as much as I like it and as much as I want to see more of it and get to know these characters more and get more action and stuff like that and for the show to mature like Clone Wars did... I'm also just like a little torn with what they're actually trying to achieve with a story, yeah, right? Because, because if you're comparing it to the shows uh, directly, how the, how like what they're doing in the galaxy, and their timelines and stuff, like you know, showing the beginning, the rebels and whatnot. This show, you would think then, would be showing the transition from the Republic into the Empire. Yeah, and they're they're kind of doing that, but right. because our heroes are on the run from the empire is more or less like bits and pieces of it. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I have to say about this as far as, as far as their goal goes, as far as I can place it, aside from telling a story about a bunch of rogue uh, clone troopers that survived the purge and, and whatnot. Uh, I would say, Oh, how cool would it be to tell a story of that? in an era that we really don't have a lot of story about right and and see this transition of the republic to the empire happen they like that's cool right and we, we we've talked about that quite a bit and how how cool that really is uh but if that's kind of the main goal of of telling stories that show this transition uh you know I, i'm kind of like well i'd like to bring up that subject of why don't we get what clone wars did and tell story arcs with other characters Right. And like, you know, they haven't done that. They've just completely focused in on these these bad batch characters. That is really interesting. Like that, I think it's tough because they need to introduce those other characters and that they haven't done in any show since Clone Wars and Clone Wars. We had the excuse of you already knew the characters other than the clones. And even some of the clones you knew, because you knew like Commander Cody, for example. Yeah. I think that's why in Rebels, as well as Resistance and this show, it's all about just the crew that you know. Because you need to take the time to introduce, and then it starts to feel like a spinoff if you introduce a character and then go off with them, right? Yeah. So it's a mixture of that, and I think part of it is... They're trying to make it feel more like the original trilogy. And I, I know that was a big thing for Rebels, is they wanted it to feel like the original trilogy where you follow like a group of 
four or five characters, right? You're not going this way and that following a whole bunch of different storylines like they did in the prequels. Right. Yeah, I, I could understand that. It's like they want to take the spirit of of that kind of storytelling and then put it into a, a, a Clone Wars based show, I guess. Um, but I mean, this is this is as much as I like that. This is where Clone Wars really shines because they felt so comfortable just, you know, telling these other stories with other characters. And they were some of the best arcs ever were where the was with those characters. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it, it like the like the uh, like the Umbara arc or or um, still those, one of my favorites. Yeah. And, and some of those bounty hunter arcs were amazing. And, uh, you know, it's just like, man, I want to see something like that. Like, I want to see like what we what we got with the Cad Bane so far. I think that was one of my favorite episodes when he showed up and in Bad Batch. Yeah. In Bad Batch. OK. And and, you know, it gives me hope that we're going to see this revival of those Boba Fett Cad Bane moments. But and, you know, going back to an episode like this where it's like we're just it's like it's like the Bad Batch pulling another job. I'm like, I'm not really I don't want to say I'm getting tired of it yet because, you know, we're only like 10 episodes in. Yeah. But, you know, it feels I, too much like a D&D campaign where you got a new mission every time. You yeah. Meet it's together. just like, OK, it's just another quest. They're just trying yeah. to get more money. They're just trying to pay off their debts. It's like, OK, what? Like, let's go somewhere with this. Right. Like, I mean. Uh, the last one, like the one with crosshair was awesome. And the first time Cad Bane showed up, I like, that was probably since the pilot episode, that was probably the best episode I've seen. Agreed. And, um, yeah. And, and, and the pilot was awesome. And, uh, and so those two so far have been kind of the, the shining episodes for me at least. But, you know, it's, it's just, I feel like this show has so much potential that could be wasted if they don't, if they don't, if they just stick to this formula they're, yeah. they're going to be digging themselves a hole because it's it's not going to feel fresh by the time season two rolls around. Yeah, it's it it is tricky, honestly. Like they would need to introduce a new character, which in theory they have. They've introduced Cad Bane, and now we've seen this episode where Cad Bane isn't in it, which leaves the next episode theoretically to be about Cad Bane. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I will it say, could work out, but. <laughs> I wouldn't hold my breath just because the last two shows yeah, I've seen. Exactly. I will say this. Um, uh, I've, Cause I've been keeping track. This is the first episode that we did not get a returning slash familiar face from the Clone Wars. And uh, I know some people are probably very happy about that because every episode since the pilot, we've had at least one recognizable face show up in some way whatsoever. Right. Whether it be Fennec, Cad Bane, uh, Bib Fortuna, or or whoever, right? Like it, yeah, every uh, Kane and Jarrus, it, it's it's always been somebody, right? Yeah. Ever since the beginning, right? And and now finally, this episode was like the first one that kind of went uh, and did something with just the the core group that we know from this show, and didn't bring in anyone externally from Clone Wars or Rebels. It's funny though because you were just saying how you don't like you want the show to be show these others character arcs yeah those are all characters that we could go back to yeah yeah no i was just pointing it i was just pointing it out um i was just pointing it out because i know that there is some people out there who are like i'm tired of seeing the same people all the time and yeah. uh, i'm like man he's so small i yeah for me i'm like man bring it on like i want to see these these familiar faces and familiar characters and 
um, maybe it's just my hope that they just finish those 20 something odd Clone Wars episodes. But, um, you know, I, like I don't have a problem with it. Uh, whereas like, I don't know, I, it, I, I don't have a problem with it to a certain degree, but it does get a little weird when when the same core group is seeing all these other different characters. Right. It would be different if it's like, oh, yeah, like we ran into Cad Bane and then that carries over for an episode or two and then he's gone again. You know, and, and then and then we go another couple episodes without seeing anyone recognizable. Yeah. And, you know, then then it's like I can really appreciate that. Like I freaked out when I saw Cade Band. I was like, that's that's amazing. They're blowing do you think at right the now. end they're going to do let's get a get the gang back together again and they bring all the people they've met to overcome some issue? See, that's what I'm hoping doesn't happen. That's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the kind of thing. That's the that's the kind of thing that I'm like, eh, I, that that just makes everything feel quite small, you know, Uh but yeah, I mean, I, like it's it's just something to for them to be very carefully handling is uh, is bringing in these these other faces when dealing with new characters, and that's the approach that they took with the sequels. But they almost took it a little far in some areas where they're like, we want people to only care about these new characters, and let's just get rid of the old ones, right? So. You know, that approach, I don't think worked out the best uh, for a lot of people. You know, they felt like, oh, we didn't get enough screen time with Luke or Han or whatever. But, um, you know, and so with with an animated show, though, it's it's got so much potential for bringing in anybody, you know, any it's any true. character that they want. And and as long as someone can voice the character, we're, we're good. And uh, I like seeing that kind of stuff. I would love to see Daniel Logan come back as young Boba Fett and you know, see what happens there and, uh, and, and you know, I whatever. hope they do a job with the clone commandos from the, from the game. Yeah. The yeah. Squad. Yeah. That would, right. that would be pretty Imperial commandos. Honestly, that would <laughs> see, that would make an amazing story arc in this show. Have yeah, the would. bad batch. Yeah. Set the Imperial commandos loose on the bad batch to hunt them down because maybe crosshair fails to do it and he dies or whatever. Um, they'll probably never know. Yeah. Or, or they're, you know, I, here's the thing I've got very, I, I don't know. My expectations are crosshair has a redeeming moment. They're able to get the chip out. Everybody wins. Right. Like that's, that's my kind of general, uh, pessimistic view of what's going to happen with his character. Okay. Yeah. I'm hoping that doesn't happen. I'm hoping that he's a lost cause and they've lost a friend forever and they've got to kill him or something like that. Something painful. Well, here's the thing with Dave Filoni. He, he looks at the obvious answers and then he finds something really clever you never thought of. So, Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. The, those are the two obvious answers. So I'm curious to see if he managed to pull something yeah, out Dave, of the hat yet Dave, again. Yeah, Dave's the kind of guy that'll have Crosshair like fall down a black hole and he's going to pop up later in another show or something like that. Yeah, that's exactly know? it. Uh, but yeah, it's... it's uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've got my 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 worries. I've got my hopes. I've got uh, uh, the things I've, I'm very happy with so far about the show. Um, but I mean, you know, emotionally, I'm just I want this show to push itself further out of this D and D aspect. You know, just quest after quest. Um, no, I I agree with that, and I think it's got to be leading to a point where they're gonna start taking on the empire. Like yeah, yeah. As, I a, mean, as their adversary and not just something they're running from. Yeah, and and here's the other thing is like it's so far off from the timeline of Rebels 
because Rebels is where the rebellion kind of starts to begin. But we do know that prior to that, there's these rebel cells that operate individually. Kind of a crazy shocker to think that these rebel cells have been operating for 15 years before that show begins. Uh, But maybe that's just what they're going for. And they're like, yeah, Bad Batch is going to be one of these rebel cells that just starts the the first one, right? Yeah, they could be one of the first ones, right? Alongside Saw Gerrera and, and his crew. So uh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with this. And uh, obviously, these characters don't show up in the original films. You know, they're going to have to figure out a way to kind of get rid of them at some point, but or not. And they're just like, yeah, they were here the whole time. And they're going to pop up in Mandalorian at some point or whatever. Yeah, it's always an option, too. Is they, just, they were busy those days. <laughs> yeah. Seeing Tamora Morrison as Wrecker would be interesting. I will say that. It's, you know, there's, there's a little crazy guy. Well, they do look different than regular clones. So they could, yeah. in theory, recast those. Like They those could. Clones. Yeah, they could. I mean, Sylvester Stallone as as hunt as uh <laughs> i mean he's just he's That'd just so hunter funny. right there yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it, I, every time i see him it's just like that's rambo it is rambo yeah he well, just looks like rambo i'm like, told dave was asked about that and he actually said no he was based on another character who also just looks like rambo <laughs> that's <laughs> actually, like it was a character that rambo was based on apparently oh okay all right all right well okay so w- whatever the case that's like a very Dave answer to kind of be like, yeah, well, you know, and it doesn't want to actually confirm that that's legit. That's but true. Well, I, he, I don't know. I, I have a feeling it was just, yeah. It was just he, he doesn't like being boxed in so we can say something else later. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here. Um, did you know the hunt, the design of Hunter, the leader of Clone Force 99, a.k.a. the Bad Batch, was based on Billy Soul from Predator and John yeah. Rambo. That's so, what it was. So it was both those characters, Billy Soul and John Rambo. That's that's like the inspiration for both of them. They look exactly the same, man. I don't even see that. The, <laughs> I know. They, they both got the bandana, the long black hair. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's not a coincidence. Okay, so yeah. So it's safe to say that he's based on Rambo. Seeing Sylvester Stallone play this old grizzled version of Hunter would be freaking awesome like seeing him in the star wars universe uh, like uh, what are you doing uh, <laughs> hey omega get over here uh, yeah, down the first order yeah <laughs> everything just gets like so slurred what's that little green thing oh, grogu what's a grogu <laughs> oh my gosh but then, but then that would like maybe tomorrow's voice double or something like i don't know yeah because i'm thinking like he's got to have some sort of new zealand accent right (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) man seeing seeing uh seeing sylvester salone put on a new zealand accent i wonder what that sounds like (laughs) i can't even imitate i I don't even know like that's a tricky thing i'm trying to come up with it in my head and i can't like it's he just always sounds like It's true. So I'm just kind of slurred and drawly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it, it always sounds like he's just got, he just went to the dentist and like his mouth is still numb. <laughs> actually, actually, he does have uh, some, some nerve damage in his face on the one side. So I think that has something to do with how he talks. I could but see that. It's just so iconic now at this point yeah. that 
you know and, and it's like he just owns it so like so hard in all his roles he he uh it's just the way you know it's like it's like arnold schwarzenegger i mean you know he doesn't have any nerve nerve damage but he's got this really thick accent that never yeah. seems to go away and oh he's gotta keep it you know yeah. like, like <laughs> I, don't yeah. know. I don't do his impression very well but yeah it's 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 uh gives me a good laugh. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is Wrecker. Rambo, uh, Sylvester Stallone is Hunter. And you're just remaking that movie that came out a few years ago. Je- Jesse Eisenberg as as Tech. Like, what was it like? What was the name well, of that? Oh, show? Uh, I know what you're talking about. E- Expendables, right? That's the one. I almost said Incredibles, yeah. but then I was like, that's not it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, this is Incredibles for adults. Expendables. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's true. It's like, oh, man, I I feel like the Bad Batch could be could be just Star Wars's version of Expendables. Oh my gosh! If it was live action, Disney Plus, that's what <laughs> yeah. it would be. Yeah, they could make bank on that. I mean, people would watch that. Maybe I'm totally wrong about that, but I don't know. I, th- I think it could like, be good and it could be really bad. It, it could be really good and really bad at the same time. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Because Expendables is not the best reviewed movie, but true, uh, it's a, okay. it's a solid action. So, but back on the show though, this episode. Yeah. Did you find it interesting that if the senators don't go along with the empires that's telling them to do, they just get arrested, like just in front of all of their people? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of, I, I felt that was very in character for the Empire to do. Uh, it, it just, I mean, at this point in time, it's a little softer with them just not getting shot on sight. <laughs> but uh, they are just puppets. I mean, you know, we find out in A New Hope that uh, the, the Emperor finally dismantles the Imperial Senate. And, uh, you know, we're seeing kind of the, the seeds of that take place here where the senators don't really have a say they're like there to represent the people and the emperor just does what he wants anyways right true so but it's still risky though because the people themselves could like riot and yeah yeah totally like refuse to bow down to the empire yeah and then you get a planet like alderaan that you know suffers the wrath of of the empire and gets blown up or something like that right like there's there's gonna be there's gonna be planets like that and then even worse there's planets that are 100% on board with the Empire. And then when the Emperor dies, they suffer the wrath of Project Cinder and get blown up as well. Yeah. <laughs> For the failure of their of uh, the Empire and, you know, punishment on the most loyal planet in the, in the galaxy at the time. To me, well, I guess they didn't know until it was too late. But if you're going to die either way, you might as well go down fighting. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... it's uh, it, it's an interesting thing for sure, seeing kind of what happens with these senators who don't want to go along with it. And, and it makes me wonder whether or not this particular character is going to be uh, a more important reoccurring establishment, you know, in the, in the future with some political leverage. Yeah, with some political leverage and, and insight into what the Empire is doing. Although now that he's kind of gone rogue and stuff like that, maybe he won't have any inside word or anything like that. Maybe he won't be as much of a spy as much as a fugitive. But uh, it, it might be interesting to see what kind of connections he has and, and whether or not that'll play an influence on the story kind of down That's the road. That's a good point. I would be surprised if then he gets into contact with Bail Organa, who we already know is thinking of planning the rebellion. That was an outtake from Revenge of the Sith. And yeah. then he'll find out about the Bad Batch 
and yeah. they'll probably get in contact slash start the rebellion that way. It's yeah, it's true actually. It's 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 it, see, it's ironic that the the separatist homeworld that they congregate on and have their had their meetings and everything like that is his planet, right? And he's the senator of that planet. It's interesting to me to think Clone Wars only lasted about three years of in universe time, and this guy's obviously been doing his job a lot longer than three years. So he probably knows Bail Organa from the Republic before there was a civil war, like before Dooku decided oh, yeah. to to up and leave the Jedi and bring like a ton of senators over to his cause and stuff like that. Right. Like and that's before just all that classic politics. They all know each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so there's a very interesting 10 year time gap between episodes one and two in the prequels. And and we have these characters that all had these pre-existing friendships and connections, you know, prior to the Civil War. So, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not Bale has some connections like him, maybe, that that are going to play an impact in, in whether or not a character like Bale will show up at some point. Especially because even though he's a separatist, you could tell that he really cared about his people. He wasn't like corrupt and yeah. just there for power. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, he seemed like a pretty nice guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And part of that will also show that the war itself, the Clone War, was manipulated on both sides, and that yeah, th- there's a lot more for the senators and the and the planets on both sides of the war to get along with than there was for them to actually go to war over. Yeah, like Dooku was orchestrating the Separatists just as much as the as Palpatine was orchestrating the Republic, right? Like they were, exactly. the whole the whole thing was designed and and uh, and choreographed in a way. And what and, better way than to have these two senators come together and realize that the real enemy was Palpatine and now the Empire all along? Yeah, yeah, everyone loses, right? Uh, under Palpatine, every everyone's uh, everyone's a puppet or a or a, a victim or something, right? No, no one's ever a winner. And e- even They're Vader, pawns. yeah, yeah, yeah. And even Vader comes to realize that he is still a slave under Palpatine's mastership, right? Like he's, even though he's kind of changed sides as far as uh, aligning himself with the dark side, he's um, he's never not been a slave to something, right? It's true, and it's kind of funny because. Maybe I'm misremembering the quote, but he basically, when he confronts Obi-Wan, he describes himself as being a pawn of the Jedi. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's um, he's always kind of – Anakin has always felt like a bit of an outsider. And and when it comes to his character, it's, I find his, he is such a fascinating character because he's just such a hurting guy. And, and he's the only character, I think, out of – anyone in that saga that really you know has all these terrible unfortunate things that have happened to him in his life right so you know he's raised as a slave his mother's a slave you know mother dies and he he gets he gets pulled into this like jedi thing that he thinks is gonna be his ticket to to free all the slaves but instead he gets pulled into the politics of the jedi instead becomes sucked into that war and you know, isn't able to save his mother, isn't able to free any slaves, and instead is a slave to his own nightmares of losing his wife and becomes a slave of the dark side because of that. And then goes on for the next 20 something odd years until he dies. And 
it's really just like the love for his son that breaks that 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 cycle right but he's endlessly a slave of some kind whether mm -hmm. to some purpose right and uh and he knows that and, and i think that's what i feel has always been so fascinating about his relationship with palpatine because he's the longest apprentice that palpatine ever had and and palpatine is just kind of dragging him along like a dog on a leash and uh, he always finds a new use for Vader. And th this has showed up in the comics quite a bit. Because just when you think that, like, okay, Vader's done with Palpatine. He's going to try and attempt to kill him or whatever. Um, you know, something happens where he just backs out of it. Or something comes up where he realizes that Palpatine has this, has this plan in place that Vader's just going to get screwed over if he defies his master now or whatever. And he's always being puppeteered. And, and I think that's what gives him that loyalty in that last battle when Palpatine is clearly talking about him in front of Luke going, like your father, you are now mine, right? Like who it's talks true. to anyone like that, right? Like who like who would, who would put up with that, right? It's but, funny because- he does. Yeah. And it's also, this is a bit of a side topic, but yeah. the more that's revealed about Palpatine, you realize that if Vader ever tried to take over the Empire, it would probably just collapse. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he doesn't have the means to actually like coordinate something that big. Right, no, he's, yeah, exactly. He's not a, he's not a politician. And, exactly. uh, you know, this, this kind of goes back to our favorite movie of all time, Attack of the Clones. Where, where, uh, it's like, I don't know, it's just a joke. I, I don't hate that movie or anything. I'm just, you know, it's, it's a scene that many people dislike though. When, when him and Padme are in the field and, you know, tossing around and stuff like that, having a happy day. And, uh, he has this little, little political speech that he, that he gives her about, about how he thinks the, the system should work. And, uh, he says, uh, I think we should have a system where, Everyone sits down, decides what's in the best interest of all the people, and then do it. And then Padme's like, that's exactly what we do. It's just some people don't agree. And then, you know, nothing ever gets done. That's kind of what she's referring to. And then Anakin retorts back and says, well, then someone should make them. You know, someone yeah. should make them tell them what to do. And that's exactly what the Empire is. It's just an Imperial Senate of full of these senators that are just puppets of, of representing people. But it's ultimately up to one guy just making all the all the all the calls right it's true. Um, all the calling all the shots and and that's exactly the kind of system that anakin wants and uh or what he thinks is gonna work at least and uh and let's let's just say also if this was an absolutely perfect situation and there was no corruption or people were out just to benefit themselves that would probably work right Right. But the problem is people are very greedy, so it never yeah. will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, when you got like a Sith Lord sitting on the throne of the galaxy, it's it's not going to work out so well. That's exactly, so, it, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, in contrast to that, it's been very interesting seeing some of this higher public stuff because it's quite the opposite scenario. You know, you have this chancellor who is literally 100% in it for the best of the people of the galaxy and including uh, even people who aren't a part of the Republic by making, spending billions and trillions of credits trying to create outreach programs to the Outer Rim and trying to point. engulf them, right? Like it's a complete 180 of a, of a plot. It's a utopia is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, I know there's, there are some fans out there who aren't a huge fan of the higher public stuff, but you know, I've been quite enjoying it because it's just been so different uh, seeing this completely 
golden age era and and someone who's on the republic chancellor throne chair whatever you want to call it and uh is doing good good stuff right stuff that's not corrupt or for themselves or whatever uh so anyway we've come pretty far from bad batch but uh there's it only all so much, ties together it's all, star wars. Yeah, it's all star wars and there's only so much bad batch that to, to, to talk about in our long episode anyway so um yeah anyway but but going back to that episode it was there any last minute things you wanted to bring up uh i guess i've got a comment and then one last thing here i want to know did the clones or the republic ever have an interrogation droid no i don't believe so because we know the empire did so the one we saw was that an imperial interrogation droid yeah it looks like a prototype of uh of an interrogation droid yeah. it's interesting how it's, yeah. it's around already right yeah yeah so early on it hasn't even been six months and they've already got the design and like the prototype out and they're testing it on senators yeah yeah pretty crazy <laughs> right i i i like that quite a bit and i i thought that was pretty cool uh, like i get what they're trying to do they're trying to like really show the solidification of the empire itself but part of me also, just can't help but think, so they use the exact same technology for like 20-something years, like for 20 <laughs> years, and they just never bothered to I upgrade guess, it. I guess <laughs> they're just that useful. I don't know. I mean, mouse okay. droids have also been around that long. So That's maybe true. They, just, they just work, right? I mean... Really long contracts with manufacturers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean, technology in the Star Wars galaxy seems to seems to improve at a different rate than our real world stuff. Um, but it's, uh, it's all very lo-fi. When something seems to be built and working, it doesn't really seem to get any better. Uh, seems to just stay the same. <laughs> yeah, it just stagnates. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Except for light speed, apparently. Yeah, except for that. Yeah. Which is funny because it was supposed to be the same because it was the same in the in the prequels and the original trilogy. But now it's just different everywhere else. Right. In the in in You're referring to High Republic, right? As well as the, the sequel trilogy. Uh, yeah, there was something weird about hyperspace in the sequels, the, where they were just shotgunning through different. Yeah, the uni- difference was yeah. the the Navi computer doesn't need time to calculate. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was really odd. It was just like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, because you just yeah you just hit go and to go and go like yeah. and it just works. You, you know, have to wait for it to calculate. All that. I could think about through that entire sequence was Guardians of the Galaxy two. When they're like whipping through 150 different uh, portals or whatever in in the the Guardians ship, all I, all I could think about was that scene and everyone's eyes going all like googly eyed and boggly, and I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness, like what is this movie right now? Like, <laughs> what am I watching? Like, yeah. it's, anyway, someone, so did James Gunn make this Star Wars movie? I don't think so. Anyway, it's pretty funny. Anyway, yeah, and. It was also just closing words. It was it was fun to see the clones having to work for a droid, and that they're pretty bitter about it. Yeah, and a separatist droid, no less. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, that's a good point. Oh, that was pretty, that was pretty funny. And whoever the voice actress was for that droid did a did a great job. Uh, Agreed. I, I, I didn't catch the name in the credits, but um, I thought that was uh, uh, spot on for a unique droid voice that we haven't heard before. 
That's a good point. And I yeah. kind of recognize her voice. So I don't know if she's played other characters in this show or one of the other Star Wars animated series. It's very possible. Yeah. 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 Anyhow, um, High Republic Wave 2 is out. So I don't know how much time we're going to have to get around to reading any of that stuff. But, you know, if 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 the time that happens to be on our radar, uh, I'm sure we'll... Uh, possibly get around to reviewing The Rising Storm, which is the brand new High Republic book written by Kevin Scott, as well as the young adult or, or a junior reader book, uh, Race to Crash Point Tower. Uh, so less of a priority on that one, but but Rising Storm sequel uh, yeah. to Light of the Jedi, sequel to Ride of the, uh, Light of the Jedi is, is out now and uh, we'll be possibly taking a look at that as soon as we can. Other than that, we'll catch you next time. Got a blast. Ah, uh, those old Jimmy Neutron references. All right, thanks guys for tuning in. And as always, if you want to share this show with a friend, that helps us out a lot. It helps us out with the algorithms, pulling in more listenership and expanding our demographic. So that really does a lot, as well as dropping a five-star rating and, of course, leaving a few nice words on the, the iTunes review page or, or whatever you find, Podchaser. You're welcome to join us on Twitter at SWEscapePodcast. Our Discord link is in the description. It's a small server, but uh, you're welcome to check it out. We got live streaming sometimes in there of uh, reruns of episodes. And uh, we also have an Instagram, which is also fairly new. Still trying to figure out what we're going to do with that, but that's also at SWEscapePodcast. And our email is SWEscapePodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in a voicemail there as well as our SpeakPipe address, which is linked in the description. It's speakpipe.com slash uh, Star Wars Escape Pod, I believe. It's linked down there. And uh, you can find us on pretty much any podcasting platform in the galaxy, all the way from uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, CastBox, iHeartRadio, whatever it is, we got you covered. So, look for more High Republic related stuff in the near future since all that stuff is dropping nowadays as well as the remaining six episodes that we have left of the Bad Batch to chat about. We will be getting around to all of that stuff very shortly. Thanks again guys for tuning in and may the force be with you. Mm-hmm.